0: Hello everyone, this is Chris from Busy Aviation. Today's podcast is going to be about my experience of buying a light aircraft. So a little over two years ago, I thought that buying a light aircraft would be a dream come true. And in some respects, that is the truth, but in others, it has been a bit of a bad dream. So here at Busy Aviation, we've put together a guide to save you some of the heartache and worry that I've managed to put myself through. The first thing I got wrong was what the Americans would call identifying your mission. I thought that a single-city aircraft would be great fun, and in some respects it is. However, it doesn't satisfy everything that I wanted to do. So it really comes down to planning. What do you want to do, and what do you want to do with it? So realistically, what do you want to do with this aircraft that you're looking at? Take time over this and think carefully, with both feet on the ground, and how you will use the aircraft in the future Your mission may change and for me the single seat rocket ship may not be ideal for your family or friends So what do you want to do? Do you really want to go places? That's what I enjoy Fly aerobatics or just pot around in a vintage machine on a fine summer's evening How many seats do you need? Seems like a simple question But realistically how often do you need four seats and if you do what would be the compromise that you're going to have to accept in terms of fuel or payload i was a member of a syndicate for years with a four-seater but i can't actually remember ever putting anyone in the back of the aircraft extra seats do tend to get used for luggage but if you're only going to go on day trips do you really need a cargo compartment Next big question I suppose is whether you're going to go for a certified or permit aircraft. And this really comes down to whether you want to do the maintenance yourself or do you have the budget for a certified aircraft. A permit aircraft maintenance will work out cheaper but you'll need to put in the time and plus there are very few permit aircraft out there with more than two seats. I suppose the next thing to consider is whether you're actually qualified to fly the type of aircraft that you're dreaming of. I mean will this be a complex type with a retractable undercarriage? Will it be high performance? Perhaps your ambitions lie with a tailwheel. You really need to think about this and factor in the amount of time for training and how much that training is going to cost you. So when it comes down to money what is your realistic budget? Time to dream big? Well perhaps not on this occasion. Aircraft ownership is without doubt a money pit. It's great fun, but if you set out with unrealistic goals, your hobby will quickly turn into a nightmare. We suggest that you do plenty of research before committing to any purchase. Bear in mind that your budget isn't just for the capital expense of purchase. You must take into account ongoing costs, such as insurance, maintenance and hangarage. We'll talk about those in a moment. Your insurance premium will be based on the whole value of your aircraft but also your experience. If you go for a 200 horsepower hot rod with only 50 hours in your logbook, be prepared for a big shock. Hangarage is also an ongoing outlay which can be expensive depending on your location and the availability of space. Keeping an aircraft outside is not always ideal. Research is so much easier these days though. No more waiting for the next magazine to be published. You can study the reviews of aircraft across the internet and then search for your chosen type. Sites like ours at Busy Aviation or one of the many other aircraft classified sites would be a good starting place. Even do some research in countries where you're not based. I'm going to try and list the individual costs that you need to take into account, but I'm bound to have missed something. A salutary lesson I learned earlier on is that it was generally going to cost you more than you think. So really do build in some flex. I needed to zero time my engine 30 minutes after taking ownership at a cost of around 26,000 pounds. Ouch. So what about those costs? We can probably divide it into two sections. There's going to be fixed capital outlay and obviously then ongoing variable costs. Fixed capital outlay will obviously take into account the actual cost of the aircraft and how you're going to fund it, you may decide to take a loan and there will be repayments on that loan obviously. Your insurance premium as we previously discussed, your hangarage, an annual inspection for certified aircraft bear in mind that this can run into thousands depending on time taken by engineers but also what they may find and if there's any service bulletins due. The annual permit for a permit aircraft or an LAA aircraft is a lot less but it could still reveal work that is required, which means extra expenditure. You'll need licences and permits for the radio, etc. An engine fund. I seriously recommend you take this into account. Some aircraft will be worthless without an engine, and it all depends where you start. I would always start saving for at least an overhaul once you have the aircraft in your possession. You'll also need to take into account things like subscriptions, be that for your club, be that for the LAA, uh, be that for a database or charts or associations. The variable costs, well that comes down to fuel. Avgas is expensive, MoGas not so much. So you really need to think, how much is this aircraft going to consume? Bear in mind that fuel prices vary a lot and can go up as well as down. Oil is another consideration. Change every 25 to 50 hours, plus top-ups in between. If you have a viral pitch propeller, for example, you're going to require an overhaul, usually around the six-year mark. This can be quite costly. And again, engine overhauls. If you buy an aircraft with high engine hours, how much flying will you do realistically each year before you reach that overhaul date? So now the fun bit. We need to go and find this aircraft. Let the search begin. So where to look? Well, obviously, busy aviation is a great place to start with aircraft advertised by private buyers, by brokers. Look in the magazines, look in pilot, look in flyer. If you're an LAA member, look in the back of the LAA magazine. And of course, brokers. What have we discovered? What to be wary of? Well, all that glistens isn't gold and there are a surprising amount of people who will sell you a lemon. This goes for individuals, but be wary of overly keen brokers. Get a reason why they are selling. The GA world is very small and it's surprising what you can find out via word of mouth. Check with the previous owner. This is where the CEA website GInfo is your friend. And most people are happy to have a chat about their previous aircraft. It's surprising what you can find out over a casual chat the paperwork. An aircraft with good logs and records has probably been well looked after. Make sure whoever's been signing for the maintenance is reliable. Ask for copies that you can show to your engineer or inspector. Make sure all the airworthiness directors, directives, service bulletins and manufacturers updates have been complied with. This goes for certified and permit aircraft. So you've found the aircraft of your dreams. It's now time to buy. But before you buy, make sure you get a very good pre-purchase inspection. Don't skimp on this, even if the aircraft looks immaculate. A new spray job can hide a multitude of sins. Choose your inspector carefully, go for word of mouth, but also choose an engineer who knows the type of aircraft you're interested in. If it's a permit aircraft, be careful when selecting the inspector Make sure they have experience of the type of aircraft you're buying, be that wood, metal, whether it has a rotax or a Lycoming, for example. You're going to have to pay for a good pre-buy report, but in the long run it's going to save you thousands. So everything's gone well and it's time to make your offer. Make your offer, but remember to specify what it is you're offering for. I.e., Is it subject to inspection? Does it include spare parts? Will it include the aircraft covers? Be prepared to negotiate. Some owners will have exceptionally high expectations, particularly if this aircraft has been their baby for a number of years. Completing the deal, you may want a simple bill of sale or a more involved contract involving solicitors or lawyers. And then make a payment by whichever system you feel comfortable with, be that backs, chaps, a cheque or using escrow Remember to re-register the aircraft in your name using the UKCA form CA1. It's time to enjoy it now though. Have fun with this aircraft ownership. Owning an aircraft is certainly a steep learning curve, but there are so many resources available online and other owners will be more than willing to help. This should be good fun. At times it will probably be incredibly frustrating and potentially expensive but you have the joy of always having the aircraft available and the knowledge that it's been looked after according to your standards, I would certainly recommend aircraft ownership. Let us know your aircraft purchase story at our website, www.busyaviation.co.uk. I hope you've found this useful.